0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast on AlanArnett.com. It's Sunday, April the 18th, and this is a weekend update for Everest 2021. But first, let me start off with some disturbing news. As most people know, Annapurna saw a record number of uh, summits this past week, close to 70. And um, we have very spotty information about all the people that have returned. We have a lot of information about who summited but not a lot about who's gotten off the mountain safely and it's now being reported as of, um, about four o'clock, uh, mountain time on Sunday, April the 18th, that three Russians are missing, uh, presumably after they summited a search and rescue is going to be launched, uh, starting on Monday morning. So we're hope for the best for those three individuals, uh, that they've just hunkered down on the mountain. Uh, there was some heavy weather that moved in after they summited. So let's hope that, uh, they found shelter and they'll be able to, um, rescue, uh, the climbers, uh, soon. So back on Everest, uh, you know, last week was a pretty good week. Everybody arrived at base camp. They got settled into their tents. Uh, then they began their uh, practicing um, in a little obstacle course just outside of base camp. Basically what they do, the Sherpa set up some a couple of ladders uh, that, that climbers can uh, go across and practice, you know, holding onto the ropes, clipping into the safety lines, practicing getting their cadence, walking across the ladders with crampons. It's not that difficult, but it does take some practice, and, you know, the first time you go Across, it's really eye-opening. Uh, also, uh, they practice a little bit of going up some somewhat vertical ice walls because that does occur occasionally in the icefall uh, and also rappelling down. So all of these skills are really critical to being able to safely navigate uh, primarily the icefall. And then once you get into the western coum, it's relatively uh, flat-ish between Camps 1 and Camp 2, and I'll talk about that in a second. You know, the other thing that's going on at Everest Base Camp is uh, there's been quite a bit of snow over the last several days, uh, but that's to be expected, and uh, still we're, you know, still basically at the end of winter wintertime, um, and it's been cold. It's been in the, in the low single digits uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, most of the week and then when you go into the western coombe it drops another 10 degrees so right now it's pretty cold on ever so you know the, the climbers are having to put on all their gear all their downs down jackets uh, make sure they keep their their hands and feet warm as well as their head they're also appreciating those heated uh, luxury tents on some of the camps that are used for the dining tent and i'll guarantee you they're spending more time in that heated dining tent than they are in their sleeping tent you know speaking of base camp um, amenities you know some of the some of picture to just out of this world you know it used to be that the only the high-end expeditions would have those large dome tents that they would use as a communal area that people would gather in and sometimes they would bring in inflatable couches and just all sorts of crazy stuff cappuccino machines wine dispensaries well now on some of the high-end outfits that individuals can have a small dome tent and most people are having what are called these box tents so it's no longer the the, um, the Trango 3 Mountain Hardware or the, the uh, North Face three-person uh, tent, now it's an individual small dome tent. Uh, for yourself or these upright box tents. In both of these configurations, you can stand straight up, you know, dress. A lot of times they have cots inside them, so you're not sleeping on the ground, which I think is actually colder than sleeping on the ground with a good mat system. But, you know, luxury sells, and there's definitely a market for this. So, you know, it's, it's not your grandfather's Everest at the moment. <laughs> so that's last week. Looking forward, uh, they're going to start going up and doing serious rotations this week of uh, April the 18th uh, through the 25th. So by serious, I mean they're going to go through the Ice Fall. they're going to get to Camp 1, spend the night there, uh, the next day get up and do kind of an uh, active rest day, going halfway up the Khumbu towards Camp 2, go back to Camp 1, sleep the night, the next day move to Camp 2 for three or four nights before eventually retreating back to base camp. You know, when you arrive um, at Camp 1, uh, typically you're arriving somewhere around 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, and even then it can be unbelievably hot, just crazy crazy hot and so what a lot of people do they'll take their sleeping bags and lay it on top of their tent in order to provide shade inside the tent you know and fundamentally you strip down to your underwear and you're just hunkering in that tent you know letting your, your body get acclimatized to the altitude now at around nineteen thousand feet maybe 193 depending upon where the camp is actually set for camp one. Um, you know it's a pretty miserable night that first night at camp one. I won't kid you uh the second day is not a whole lot better. And then the move to Camp 2 uh, goes along the Western Coombe. And in recent years, there's been huge, huge, wide crevasses in the Coombe. Some of them have had up to seven or eight ladders lashed together. Most of the teams choose not to go across those ladders. Instead, they'll find a way around it, all the way around it. So it adds another half an hour to the journey going between Camp uh, 1 and Camp 2. But it's well worth it to avoid getting in the middle of that those lashed ladders, which can bounce up and down and just <laughs> really, really t- test your mettle, so to speak. Eventually, they will make it up to Camp 2, and that's also called Advanced Base Camp, similar to Advanced Base Camp on the north side. But uh, on the south side, almost every team has very large uh, tents used for uh, cooking, and that's where the cooks will do all the meal preparation, melt water, and then another fairly large tent for the team to arrive to uh, dine in, and then individual tents or uh, one person, uh, two, per, I'm sorry, two to three person tents, which will sleep two people. So you're sharing sleeping tents at camp too. Um, you know, and again, you have somewhat active rest days. Uh, one day you may walk to the base of the low C face another day you may try to go up the west shoulder a little bit what you're trying to do is just stay active and get your body acclimatized now you're around 21,000 feet and i can tell you what i bet you it's going to be really cold up there this year uh, based upon what the temperatures have been thus far so again you spend really you know three nights, maybe four, some people may choose two, but typically three, and then eventually you head all back down to base camp, where they're going to rest up for a number of days before they make the next trip up, and some people will call this good and say this is all they need for acclimatization, that's really new thinking, that's not what the old school was, where you would go up and tag camp three, or even spend a night there, but we'll talk more about that as we get closer into the second uh, series of rotations. Um, the, The fixed ropes, good news, is fixed all the way to the yellow. Uh, and that's pretty good for the middle of April. Typically, uh, the uh, ropes will make the summit around the 1st of May. Uh, so right now we're probably at least a week ahead of schedule. It's said that they might be to the south Cole, um in the next two or three days. So that would be around um, around April 20th, which would be really, really early. And that's, that's good news. The earlier the ropes are in, that means that there's more time to spread people out and more expeditions can go try for the summit and while other ones want to wait, uh, and wait out the weather window, or wait out the crowds. So, but right now the focus is really on just getting that first round of legitimate acclimatizations. A few teams have acclimatized already on Island Peak. Most people have used Lobache. Uh, unfortunately, there was some heavy snow on Lobache, which stopped some people from summiting. Other people were able to successfully summit the twenty thousand foot trekking peak, and that basically eliminates one rotation through the ice fall. So right now, you know, things are going pretty well one of the things that people will experience at camp one is this phenomenon called chain stokes breathing and this is where uh it's really crazy and actually it's more disturbing for your tent mate than it is for you what happens is because of the lack of oxygen density uh pretty soon your body doesn't get enough oxygen to pro- operate uh, properly so slowly slowly you start taking more shallow breaths and eventually it's almost like you stop breathing and your body recognizes this and i love how adaptable our bar- bodies are all of a sudden your body comes to a, <gasps> a big shock and a gasp in and, and your tent mate might be awake hearing you all of a sudden stop breathing and then take this huge gasp in and it's really shocking <laughs> but you know what this is somewhat par for the course and pretty normal for altitude you know some people experience chain stokes so uh, worse than others some don't experience it at all so as i always say altitude is random and you know really you can't prepare for it about the you know the only thing you can do is really 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 stay hydrated that's the best possible thing you can do and also keep those calories on board so here we are april 18th um everything again is proceeding along uh, pretty nicely uh, a quick update on the number of summits uh, number of permits is now up to 366 permits issued for issued for foreigners across 38 teams this is one of the largest seasons in the history of Everest. The largest was in 300, uh, 2019 with 382 permits. So we're about, what, that 12 away from that? Something like that. Can't do the math here in real time. Uh, 382 minus 366. So, I mean, you know, we're really close to it. And that's all because of the pent-up demand from last year when 2020 being closed. I think also a lot of the Nepali guides offer deep discounts to get people to come on board. And also, you know, uh, DePaul promoted pretty heavily the tourism is back open so the mountaineering is doing pretty well pulling in over four million in revenue just in permits for the various uh, peaks Lhotse has 104 permits issued across 11 teams and so that's a big number as well that's a total record blowout the previous big year uh, was around 90 permits so you know basically almost uh, 10 percent more on Lhotse this year so we can expect to see the mountain to be crowded once it gets into early May especially as you Start going into the summit uh, from around may 15th to 25th uh, more specifically the 17th to the 21st but you know hopefully we're going to have a good weather window a lot of days of low winds that people could spread out like they did in 2018 with 11 consecutive wind days where the wind was under 30 miles an hour we don't want to see another 2019 where there was only three days and if we have only three or four or five days and we're trying to squeeze You know, whatever it is now, six or 700 people through that eye of the needle, we're gonna have problems. We're probably gonna see anywhere from six to nine deaths. Uh, We're gonna see a lot of frostbite. Uh, it's going to be a very, very difficult year. And it's going to prove that really 2019 was a wasted year in terms of learning, an opportunity to enact new rules by the by Nepal government for operators to act more responsibly in terms of taking clients that have the experience. I hope I'm wrong here. I really do. Um, but, you know, a lot of the bones in my body are telling me this season is headed to be a repeat of 19, and I hope I'm wrong. But right now, we're focusing on getting everybody acclimatized, to Camp 2 to spend some nights getting up and down through that ice fall as safely as possible um, and then resting up and waiting for the next step. Finally, just hope those guys on Annapurna get found. Uh, Just really my thoughts are with those guys in the rescue team. It's supposed to be a helicopter going up on the morning of the 19th on Monday. So keep you posted on uh, on the blog Um, and so uh, always stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast on alanarnett.com. Climb on. This is Alan and remember, memories are everything.